Hello, ladies. How is everyone doing? Happy Holy Week. Yes. <laughs> We've got Giselle, um, a lovely, fabulous Giselle, looking as beautiful as ever. <laughs> We've got Gum um, here with us. Giselle, by the way, is from Pearls of Grace Ministries. Um, you can follow her ministry on Facebook or they're based in Stranier if you want to get in touch or look for a local church mm-hmm. to attend. Um, and got Ngum with us. She's an admin at Christian Women in the UK, and we've got myself, Sidoni. And so this week we were supposed to be talking about divorce. We were supposed to be carrying on our conversation on divorce. Um, however, seeing as it is probably the most important week in the Christian calendar, we thought we're going to park give park divorce for a week and then talk about what we're celebrating this week as Christians, the Holy Week. Um, so we will come back to divorce next week we'll pick that up again um, and then when we're done with the series we'll publish the series on the podcast but for this week we are just going to talk about the holy week um, so everything that happens this week from today which is Monday Thursday and then we have good Friday tomorrow we have um, Saturday and then we obviously have the resurrection Sunday um, <laughs> hallelujah on Sunday yeah, so hallelujah yes follow through the events if you want to leave us any comments or if you're watching live or you've got any questions feel free to post them in the comments if you have any questions for us after this has been broadcast live you can reach us on the group um, page in facebook or the website is www.cwinuk.org there's an email address there you can reach us there by email as well any of the admins here would be able to help you. So if you have any questions about Christianity or what we're celebrating this week or its significance, or you're interested, um, you perhaps you're not a Christian and you just want to know more about Christianity, feel free to reach out to any single one of us and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. So let's get right into it. Over to you, (laughs) Giselle, today is... Monday Thursday. Yes. What does that mean in the Christian calendar? The next four days we know is going to be absolutely packed with emotions for a lot of Christians, isn't it? We go through the Passover, we go through the Last Supper. Um, so obviously at this point, um, Jesus is preparing to get arrested. Then we go mm-hmm. through with him into the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that prayer where, you know, he sweats blood. Um, yeah we see the accusations we we then follow his journey right through to the cross a very painful death at the cross um and then we follow that through to the hallelujah that is the resurrection um mm-hmm. morning on sunday morning bright and yeah. early so we're going to follow through all those kind of emotions we're going to talk about how as christians we should be feeling um how that reflects on our lives as well and that journey that that takes us through we're going to talk about perhaps Jesus's divinity as 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 God but we're also going to try and talk about his humanity throughout this process as a human being and how that should um and could help us on our journey here here on earth so yes kick us off Giselle Maundy Thursday what is that I just love Maundy Thursday I really do and uh, the Tuesday night Bible study, I did a talk in this as well. Um, but, you know, as I said on Tuesday night, and it's 
it's, it's actually what happened. Sorry, Giselle. By the way, Tuesday night Bible study is available on YouTube if you want to catch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot about that. Get a plug in there. Yeah, come on. Come on. Um, yeah, true. And, uh, you know, the Monday, Thursday, when Jesus was at the Last Supper, it was also Passover. So uh, not every year does Easter and Passover combine, yeah. but that one particular did. Like, for example, Passover actually doesn't start now until tomorrow. But anyway, um, that Last Supper, you know, Jesus came to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. That's yeah. why he was there. He was really looking forward to the Passover as setter with his disciples. And as I said to the ladies on Tuesday night, if you just imagine the scene, you're the big table and the 12 disciples there and Jesus there. And this is a big celebration, the setter meal for Passover. And uh, they're talking, they're laughing, they're joking, they're clapping each other in the back. Yo, brother, you're the greatest. No, brother, you're the greatest. And they're singing and rejoicing. And, you know, there may be even doing the praying psalms from you know, Psalm 113 through to 118, which are the halals. And you know, Jesus would even have been joined in in this, so he would have. But hmm. then if you can imagine Jesus maybe going away just to his seat at the end of the table and getting very solemn, very quiet for a while, because he knows what's ahead of him. Hmm. And that's when he looks at the whole loaf of bread, the whole bowl of bread sitting on the table and he picks it up and he says to them, you know, this is my body broken for you. And the mm. disciples didn't know what he was talking about. But you can imagine mm. he broke this big bowl of bread in half and set it down either side of the table. And the disciples were just pulling out chunks of bread out of the crust. Mm. And then he then Jesus, he looks into the cup of wine and he sees his blood being spilled. And he picks up the cup of wine and he tells him, this is my blood spilled for you. And they each mm. shared it. They really mm. didn't realize the importance of what Jesus was doing that. Mm. So, so to me, Monday, Thursday is very, very, very important. Mm. And you know, the word Monday, it refers to the ma a mandate, which is an official order or commission to do something. Mm. So that's what Monday actually means. Yeah, an official order commandment, because Jesus tells us, doesn't he, at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. Amen. So we get the instruction for the communion from, from there. Um, Amen. But yeah, and go, I mean, just sort of talk us through when you think of the, the Passover. So this is obviously Jesus is in Jerusalem celebrating the Passover, which if you don't know, um, for anybody who's new to this, is a Jewish celebration celebrating the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt back in the Old Testament. Um, you can see that in Exodus, um, back in the Old Testament, right at the start of the Bible. Um, so Jesus, this is a massive thing. Think, think carnival. Think carnival for the Israelites. Oh, big time! Yeah, <laughs> big time. Yes. Uh -huh. So Jesus is there. He's celebrating this. Um, and so we come into the Last Supper. So I'm going for you, um, the Last Supper. What does that, you know, signify? What does that? you know speak off to you when you think of the last supper because at that point jesus says to the 12 one of you is going to betray me so obviously jesus is god so he knows all this information he sees all things and he knows all things but yet he's still got to sit down and have dinner with judas 
He's yep. still got to sit down and have dinner with the person he knows is about to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, okay, I don't know what the equivalent is, but if you think of our silver coins today, the highest denomination is 50 pence. So, you know, this is by no means a direct comparison. But Jesus knows that somebody's going to, like, Judas is going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Um, I mean, to you, what does that whole Last Supper and Jesus's um countenance and his behavior what does that speak to you um first of all Giselle thank you very much for really setting the background there because I hadn't really thought of um Monday Thursday or Holy Thursday as I usually call it coming from a Catholic tradition um but I think Sidonie for me you've actually said something that I hadn't really thought about Jesus sitting there with Judas eating right and I think um I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the same day, but Jesus had commanded us to love, right? Mm. And I think sometime earlier during the week, I I just thought of the fact that Jesus had hung out with Judas enough. Mm. And there's a place in the Bible that tells us that Judas was stealing money from the coffers and Jesus Mm. knew, right? And he just acted like he didn't know. (laughs) And so this gives you a sense of the kind of character. Mm. And I remember thinking, this there's a lesson here somehow as to how we deal with people we don't particularly who are not very good right how do you Mm. sort of ignoring them like I was really saying like okay Jesus what are you trying to what are you telling me here Mm. but I think the other important thing for me is that um, communion was established on that day Mm -hmm. and we all as Christians know the value of communion that's literally communing with God being Mm -hmm. becoming one with him Mm -hmm. but I think for me um, one of the things that is really striking for me on, on Holy Thursday, and I think if you come from a Catholic tradition like me, you see the dramatization of it where the priest washes people's feet the way Jesus did. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that after Jesus, who is obviously the Lord and master of all these men, mm-hmm. gets them, and he gets, you know, like Giselle said, I hadn't really thought about the sort of emotional changes that were happening that night. Like, you know, you come in, this is something that they probably do every year. It's their mm. thing. And first of all, one, they go into an upper room, right? Someone's house. And the description of it, I think it's, a, it's like a nice place. And we know that Jesus liked a good time. Let's, let's be honest. It's, it wasn't some guy who was into ugly things, you know? So you, you just think of how they walk into this really lovely place. Um, they're all having fun. And then obviously he begins to think about what's going to happen, but then he, he's not just going to leave them without instructions. Mm. So he gets up and he does this communion thing. He gives them that command. Like he says, okay, do this in memory of me. But I think he also left something very important because there's a part in the Bible where the, the, the apostles were arguing about who's the greatest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's I think yeah. of that because he wants to emphasize like, look, I'm not going to be, it's almost like a father dying and saying to his children, when I go do this, do that. Because Jesus didn't do that when he was with them the whole time, but he's probably thinking, look, I'm not going to be here. I know, mm. this, I know all these guys, I need to set down some rules. But what is really interesting to me is how Jesus's language changes. And he says to them, oh, I don't speak to you as my servant. I speak to you as a friend. It's, it's almost like, I'm thinking like if it's a movie, you probably hear the mood music playing now to kind of capture that emotional. The apostles are probably thinking, what's going on with this guy? Why is he why is he talking to us so nicely today? What's going on? Right? Like, why are you being all, 
you know how sometimes when your parents get very emotional you're like what's going on you know mm-hmm. just tell me are you not well or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they probably began to feel like okay something is going on but i think i i try to imagine the apostles right when jesus gets down takes this towel, puts it around his face. They're probably like, what are you doing? This is the mm. seventh job. And then he begins to one after each other, wash their feet. Mm. And Peter being Peter, <laughs> of course, he's going to say something, right? <laughs> and saying, like, no, don't do it. I think the others were probably maybe just too shocked. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus is like, no, if I don't wash your feet. And that's another thing, like Jesus is saying to Peter, if I don't wash your feet, I cannot be, you can't be a part of me. And Peter's like, mm. right, give me a whole bath. Mm. But I think for me, I cannot think of a better example of servant leadership. The fact mm. that Jesus got down, because he would have had to probably get down on his knees to mm. put the rag in the bowl and do all that stuff. Mm. And to see this guy who had performed miracles, to have done, I cannot even begin to really un- comprehend that night. But I always think of it, and I think that you really see the servant's heart in Jesus in that you know that he was a down-to-earth person. He was always very caring. You know, mm. he never seemed like, you know, he he always had a thing for the the, the people we had done by, right? But mm-hmm. to see him get down and do what we are told in that time was the lowliest job. You know, mm. those guys walking in the dust, their feet were pro- dirty proper. And Jesus being Jesus, he probably didn't just take, say, give me that towel. I'll just, he probably did a thorough job, mm. you know? And that's just okay to me. That's kind of like a spa treatment in the Bible. But anyway, that's a good one. <laughs> it, yeah. So it, I think just for me, it's just that servant quality of Jesus. It strikes me. Yeah. I think then he tells his apostles, this is how you should wash each other's feet, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of hear this echoed in, in the, the New Testament. I think is it Paul who is saying, treat each mm-hmm. other like as if the other person is better than you. It's such a lesson for us today. If mm-hmm. we are supposed to be followers of Christ, mm-hmm. to learn to wash to each other, that. you know. And yeah. yeah. For me, I think that's the one thing that I always walk away from. Or, yeah, I walk away from Holy Thursday thinking, wow. That's what happened. Okay. Well, so we set the scene. We've obviously, Jesus has done that. And then they've finished their dinner then they go out and they're walking and so they get to Gethsemane and Jesus says you know obviously Jesus needs to pray so um I think by the way um ladies if you're following this we're looking we're using we're reading from Mark we're we're looking at Mark's account of these events so we were going to it's Mark chapter 14 and from verse 12 onwards um so when we get to um if I look at verse 32, for example, he says, when they reached the place called Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter and James and John with him. Horror and dismay came over him. And he said to them, my heart is ready to break with grief. Stop here and stay awake. Then he went forward a little, threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass him by. Abba Father, he said, all things are possible to thee. Take this cup away from me, yet not what I will, but what thou wilt. He came back and found them asleep, and he said to Peter, Asleep, Simon, were you not able to stay awake for one hour? Stay awake, all of you, and pray that you might, that you may be spared the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed. On his return he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. 
and they did not know how to answer him. The third time he came and said to them, still sleeping, still taking your ease, enough. The hour has come. The son of man is betrayed to sinful men. Up, let us go forward. My betrayer is upon us. I mean, different gospels give different accounts and sort of different details of the four gospel as to what happened in Gethsemane. But um, for me, this is probably, apart from the crucifixion, um, as I've gotten sort of older in my walk with Christ, I've appreciated Gethsemane a lot more um, mm. than I probably have all my life. Because for me, Gethsemane really, I know when, when people talk about Jesus and humanity, a lot of people talk about Lazarus. Um, when Jesus wept at Lazarus' um, tomb when he got mm. there. Um, but for me personally, I think that Gethsemane is where we see the full humanity of Jesus come out. Yeah. Um, because at that point, Jesus is so human mm. and so submitted to God's will that he knows that he has no option but to go forward and that God is sovereign over, over everything. Um, and also at that point, he shows fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up until this point, Jesus hadn't shown any fear at all. He was in a, you know, there was a storm, he was asleep, no fear. You know, he rebukes demons, he casts out demons, he has, you know, the devil comes to tempt him in the desert, no fear. Up until this point in his ministry, Jesus hasn't shown any fear or, or, or doubt at all. But in Gethsemane, we see a we see the fully human side of Jesus. We see him saying, if it is possible, how many times have we as human beings said to God, this is just too much for me, you know, <laughs> take it away from me. We're like, take it away, take it away yeah. now. But also as well, we see, we see two aspects of humanity here. We see Jesus's humanity, but we also see another side of humanity in the disciples. Mm-hmm. Because we see that whilst, Jesus is praying when he's faced with a challenge um the others are sleeping and that again is a very human response how many times do we fall asleep when we should be on our knees fighting and praying when we should be on our knees winning battles but how many times does the flesh take over because the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak yeah it's right there you know so again it's this whole holistic picture of the bible isn't it she's mm. you know you get the two sides of humanity you get the side that you should be on your knees praying um but you also get the fact that you know the bible acknowledges that there will be times when you will be weak yeah big um, time. and you will need you will need a fellow christian or a fellow disciple to come along and enough. and go enough the yeah. hour has come enough. are you yeah. still sleeping you yeah, know, so we need to encourage each other and we see that um and so you know we kind of fast forward because i know we're conscious for time and then jesus is arrested he obviously goes before Pilate, um and Pilate is obviously you can't find anything wrong wrong about jesus has done can he no <laughs> he, he can find no wrongdoing with this man she's out so i mean what, what do you think we have this whole charges um Giselle, that are brought before jesus and in some ways apart from when jesus tells um peter off um later 
this is probably one of the other comical things that Jesus does that actually makes me laugh the way he responds to to Pilate what do you what do you say of this whole thing that is you know circus quote and unquote that is happening um in Pilate's Pilate's court when they bring Jesus to him what do you make of that so that's sort of from verse 43 onwards at the moment well What I get from that is really Jesus really was the sacrificial lamb from that because mm. we know that jumping back briefly to the Sabbath when Jesus went into uh, the temple after he you know, came into Jerusalem, went into mm-hmm. the temple, and he kicked out the money lenders and the traders and everything. Mm-hmm. You just picture the old Pharisees going, "Oh my goodness me, here he is! He's kicking all these people out. You know, oh." We're going to lose our business. We're going to lose our money. We're going to lose our homes. We're going to lose our positions. Jesus was a rebel riser. He mm. really was a rebel riser. And the Pharisees couldn't have it because he, he was going to upset their status quo. Mm, mm, mm. And you know, we, we know it was the Pharisees that uh, uh, made crucified Jesus. These charges. Yeah, we do, don't yeah. we? Yeah. The, the, yeah, they brought the false charges. Like we know that all throughout the scriptures, the gospels, that uh, they tried every which way, they even tried mm-hmm. themselves to murder Jesus. Them they shuffled them out of the out of the temple and they shuffled them towards the cliff edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, nothing happened then. Mm. They were frightened of him. They were mm. frightened that he was going to change so many things. Mm-hmm. And then with so many followers and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, it is amazing that on Palm Sunday, just last Sunday, he rode into Jerusalem and everybody shouting, hallelujah, Hosanna. You know, mm. here he is, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And five days later, they're shouting, kill him. Same people shouting, kill him, kill him, kill him. Yeah, isn't it really? And that's how quickly people's... Turn on you. Yeah, really, really, really did. And the Pharisees changed people's minds, changed people's perceptives of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me, very quickly. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. did. Um, yes, Jesus needed to die to fulfill prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that uh, he, sh- he shouldn't have died, but the old Pharisees really did. They they had it in for him from the get-go. They really had and the, the, money. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the 12 disciples and then the followers, you know, the mm. first Messianic Jews. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Because Pilate, asked, you know, the high priest question him and say, are you the son of man? And Jesus says, I am. You know, yeah. he, he just he gives them straightforward answers, which obviously, like you say, they don't like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, talking about humanity, that sort of follows on and we go into Peter disowning Jesus. Um <sighs> And he does that out of fear. Yeah. And we know that out of fear, we do do some silly things, but it, you know, it's no, nothing in the Bible is there by error. Um, no. And so in the Bible's clear that everything here is for our instruction, our edification or, or reproach mm-hmm. to build us up. So, you know, we're told here that out of fear, Peter disowns Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we know there've been times in our lives that we have disowned Jesus. We know that, you know, to, to say we haven't, we're telling a lie. Mm-hmm. But isn't it amazing that that same Peter is the one on whom the church, you know, Christ says to him, you're the one, you're the rock on whom I will build my church. Mm -hmm. This is the same person who has 
denied him three times. I mean, Jesus' instruction to Peter is just beautiful. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. I love it. It's just, he redeems Peter. Peter denies him three times. And three times he redeems Peter by telling him three times, feed my sheep. Um, because Peter's just, Peter, later, Peter just becomes, he just wants that forgiveness, isn't he? How many times do you just want somebody's forgiveness? You keep asking them, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. What can I do to make it up to you? Jesus says, feed my sheep. He comes back, but I really love you, Lord. What can I do to really make it up to you? Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed them, feed them. Three times Jesus answers him. Three times Jesus is almost sort of cancels those three um, denials that Peter does to disown him. Mm. And then we move on to the crucifixion, which is Good Friday. Sad, but Good Friday. Mm. <laughs> um Jesus is sentenced to death. He's beaten. Um, Isaiah says that by his stripes we're healed. He took those stripes for us. He was beaten. Um, but the crucifixion, ladies, I mean, when you think of the crucifixion in two sentences, tell me what comes to mind. When you think of the crucifixion in two sentences, what does that, I know it's hard, but two sentences, what does that make you feel? Um, I think the first one is the love of God mm-hmm. and also the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. Those are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Giselle, over to you. Two sentences when you think of the crucifixion. Just the great sacrifice that Christ did do for us. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because from the crucifixion, Joseph brings him down, lays him in the tomb, and then there comes Resurrection Sunday. Um, and there is a series from last Easter on the podcast. Feel free to listen to that. But the crucifixion, two sentences for me, is just God's anger. Mm-hmm. God's anger. Like, I, I don't think I really understood the extent of God's anger until the crucifixion for somebody to be so angry that to avert his anger he has to send his own son to die there's a powerful kind of anger there there's a holiness there that is just beyond comprehension and I never quite got it onto the crucifixion so for me yes this it speaks of great love but that love is because the anger which Jesus in a way experiences when he says why have you forsaken me um, and we see that the three, you know, I think you were saying earlier, weren't you? The, the beginning of John says in the beginning, there's, there was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So these, you know, the Holy Spirit, God and Jesus have been together since eternity from beginning of creation. But at that point on the cross, the father forsakes the son. And the two are separated at that moment because of sin. And if any pastor, any preacher ever downplays sin to you, do not listen. Run away from that church. Big time. Because sin is powerful. Mm-hmm. It's destructive. God causes death. His own son on the cross to the point where Jesus cries out to say, why have you forsaken me? Because of sin. 
if you're in any church where they downplay sin or they tell you it doesn't matter or they tell you that the grace of God is going to cover everything. Yes, the blood of Jesus washes everything white as snow. Isaiah says it, you know, though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. But if you are in a church where they do not tell you how deadly <laughs> sin is, run, run for your life. Big time. Um, you know, it is. It's bad. Um, and then Giselle, we come to resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Uh, resurrection this <laughs> morning. Yes, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Tell me what you think of the resurrection. Is that not enough? <laughs> I could be here all night. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pausing the timer. Um, yes. <laughs> resurrection Sunday. Absolutely fantastic. But do you, do you know what amazes me about Resurrection Sunday? Mm-mm. Mary Magdalene, you know, she, she's she's up early and she gets all she's all the spices and herbs and everything ready to go mm-hmm. and prepare Jesus' body. It's not there. Now, there we have it, ladies. God uses a woman to spread the gospel. <laughs> right. Christian okay. women, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when Jesus comes to Mary Magdalene in the garden, she first of all thinks that he's a gardener. She didn't mm. recognize him. Mm. She didn't recognize the transformed mm. Jesus. She was expecting the one that she was with for three years, yeah. not mm-hmm. this other Jesus. And she mm. didn't know him until he spoke and then she recognized his voice. Mm. That's amazing for me. So it is. Yeah. Because yeah. nice he says, My sheep will know my voice. Amen. Amen. He'd Amen. Say that. Not about how he looks. I wonder why, like, I wonder how he changed so much that she didn't recognize him. Because the glory of God, isn't it? It's like when you're born again. Yes, he was glowing. He was just, yeah, he was shimmering. He was, yeah. It's that whole thing, isn't it? It's like when you're born again. Um, people say, "Oh, something looks different about you." Like about we're not you. quite, we can't exactly. quite put yeah. our finger yeah. on it, but you know, yeah. there's something about you. Yeah. <laughs> that and then we, the then Holy that's Spirit. the door. The door for us, we can say that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And us, oh, what do you mean? Then, boom, you can evangelize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, then Mary's really? the evangelist. She, that's what she's out just yes, said. No, no, the yes, woman, actually, the woman at the well was an evangelist too. Yes, she was. No, you went after the resurrection. Uh, yeah, 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 she was. Yeah, she yeah. was the first one, and it was a woman. We're just going to put it out there. It was a woman. Yeah. Not that we're bragging or anything. <laughs> no, no. We no, wanted to brag. That wouldn't no. surprise you. Oh, and you know, like, like, don't, don't get me started on women preachers uh, being allowed to preach because didn't Mary, mother of Jesus, carry the gospel for nine months and she gave birth yeah. to the gospel? She did, didn't she? Just, yeah. didn't she? Just? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Goom. Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, <laughs> what does that speak like to you? What does that, I mean, when you hear that, what feelings does it evoke? What do you think of when you hear Resurrection Sunday? Oh, in terms of feelings, my first feeling is joy, really. Mm. Even as a kid, I used to really be happy during Easter. Mm-hmm. I didn't really fully understand the story, but I just knew that this is a story with a really happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I think as I've grown older, um, when I think of Resurrection Sunday, the first thing I think of is life. 
Mm. Life in the sense that there is life after death, right? Hallelujah. And mm-hmm. I just think of the ability that God has. Like you talked about the anger of God, and I think the power of God. Mm. And you have to be pretty powerful mm. to bring life into a dead thing. Mm. You know, bring something that's dead back to life. And I think for me, that's the beauty of the gospel. That mm. the gospel can literally bring back dead things. You know, and it's not just about Jesus, like you said about being born again and being different. And maybe that's why Jesus looks so different. When you're born again, like they say, the old you dies, right? And then the mm-hmm. new you comes back. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bible was the first born of the resurrection. And mm-hmm. so for me, I think what's really important for us to see that we too rise with Christ. Because when you're mm-hmm. a kid and they say these things at church, you need to understand when you're born again, you literally you have pretty much the same thing that happened to Jesus. And mm-hmm. you said to Donny, that's why people, you know, people can look. <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember I told Donny, she was, I was born and she's like, you seem more peaceful. Yes. <laughs> you, see that, yes. Yes. You, know, yes. <laughs> you needed to have named this one before. It's fiery. <laughs> so i think for me it's that but i think also just looking in my own life to see how the transforming power of jesus can work in you Mm, mm, you know like when you become born again because you have the holy spirit and let's remember it's the holy spirit that gives us life when mm -hmm. jesus breathed into humanity it was his spirit that he breathed into us that's Mm -hmm. why we we die right the spirit leaves so i think we need to understand that we're born of the Holy Spirit. God breathes new life into us with the Holy Spirit. And then because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can do so many things. Things that may were, were difficult for you. For example, you can be empowered to stand up to sin, which is a very hard thing to do when you're, you don't have the Holy Spirit. But also mm. you realize that as Jesus begins to transform you, the renewal of the mind is, is, is a true, it's a real thing. You know, your, your, even your viewpoint of things begin to change. Mm. You begin to believe in yourself more. And there are things that, you know, maybe you never thought you could do before. You become emboldened. That's what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit does for you. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, the one thing that really changed, there are times when you, you, you want to do things and then you kind of, they're difficult. You get defeated, you leave it, and you, you even forget sometimes, right? You forget dreams, you forget who you are. And I'm telling you, that's the one thing that being born again, the effect that it had on me. I really saw the ability of the resurrection because things I had even completely forgotten about. You know, when you mm. just give up on something and you're just like, suddenly those things became possible again to me. Mm. Wow. Now I get this resurrection thing. Like God mm. can literally raise anything from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. If anybody here and you're listening and you're thinking of you know some dream that you had and you thought it was impossible or some relationship that had broken down god can literally raise if that thing is to is, is in his will which mm. means it's good for you for your destiny i mean god literally resurrect your destiny when you when you're born again because a lot of the time when we're living in sin we are going the complete opposite direction of where god wants mm-hmm. us to be mm-hmm away from my destiny so for mm-hmm. me resurrection really is about new life mm-hmm. god's ability to raise anything and i mean absolutely anything yep. so if you feel like you're stuck in a rut you're in that place where man things are just bad I, i'm just so far away from god no no mm-hmm. jesus had to go down to hell to liberate mm-hmm. people 
liberate mm. people from hell. And then he came out. He can do the same for you. That's Tony for you. Like yeah. just, just write with Jesus. I don't know how else to put it, but whatever it is that you think was dead, God mm. can literally blow his breath back into it. Mm. That is wonderful. Thank you. Um, And yeah, we're just going to sort of close with the Great Commission. So we've sort of walked very quickly with Jesus so far. um, And he's been raised from the dead. And in effect, effect, Good Friday is good because of Easter Sunday. Yes. Um, You know, otherwise it wouldn't be Good Friday. It would be Sad Friday. Friday. But Good Friday is good because he says it is finished because yeah. he knows that his work here on earth is done and he's going to meet his father. Um, but before he goes, he gives uh, he gives the 11 um, who were at the table with him because at this point, you know, Judas is feeling remorseful and he's um, left. So there are only 11 left. Um, so we're just going to read from... Um, chapter 16 verse 14 it says afterwards while the 11 were at table um he prepared he appeared to them and reproached them for their incredulity and dullness because they had not believed those who had seen him after he was raised from the dead then he said to them go forth to every part of the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation those who believe it and receive baptism will find salvation. Those who do not believe will be condemned. Faith will bring with it these miracles. Believers will cast out devils in my name and speak in strange tongues. If they handle snakes or drink any deadly poison, they will come to no harm. And the sick on whom they lay hand, their hands will recover. So after talking with them, the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and he took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went out to make their proclamation everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed their words by the miracle that that followed. Um, And that's the great commission for us as Christians to go out and preach the good news. Um, And in so doing, know that the Lord is with us he was with them then he's with us now um and i just want to say you know he says here that people that we lay the hands on the sick they will recover some people have got the gift of healing um Mm -hmm. he can pray over you when you heal some people have got the gift of tongues it says there refers to it that they will speak in strange tongues Mm -hmm. if you do not have any one of those gifts does not mean that you are not a christian does not mean that you are not obeying um, the great commission um, please, please, please do not try and drink poison and think you will not die. <laughs> no, don't, don't, no, don't. <laughs> don't let them really drink poison because you'll be testing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm on my soapbox again about women. Jesus said this. Jesus told them to go into the world and preach the good news to everyone and mm. any anyone who believes. Mm. Mm. Okay? Anyone. Not a man. Mm. No. Anyone. Anyone. I mean, that means you ladies too. Mm-hmm. You know, and in John 14, yeah, chapter 14 and verse 12, mm-hmm. where uh, 
Jesus is preparing the disciples for when he's leaving. And mm-hmm. you can just imagine they're going, oh, but, oh, but hey, master, oh, master, you know, what, who's, who's going to heal the sick? Who's going to feed the hungry? Who's going to do everything? Who's going to raise the dead when you go? And Jesus himself says, all, do it. Like, all, not mm-hmm. just men, not just elders, not just pastors, but all oh. who believe in me will do these things and even greater. Mm, praise Jesus. Right, so, that's Jesus. it. That and that's that's our that's our job. That is yes. our yeah. it's my job. And Sidney, you yeah. said something very important about gifts. Yes, gifts should not be something that make people feel because sometimes people can create a hierarchy mm-hmm. out of gifts. And you know, Jesus said that the gifts are not first of all, it's not your thing, it's given to you, right? Mm-hmm. But also, I think there is a part in the Bible which Paul says you can pray for certain things if you desire them. So you may be somebody who is very compassionate mm-hmm. and you would like to see people healed. Nothing wrong with praying for that gift. Yeah, yeah. As long as your heart posture is right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Jesus also says something which I don't know why it's controversial in the church today. But yes, as followers of Jesus, it's your job to cast out devils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your job. And I think because it's something that has been kind of at the back end of the church for a long time, mm-hmm. people don't understand it. People don't believe it. People don't. You know, people even question, but that's Jesus before he's leaving. I mean, when Jesus um, comes after his, when he leaves the desert and he comes to the to the temple to talk about, you know, he reads out of Isaiah and everything to sort of introduce himself to the world. That's Jesus's mission statement. And in mm. there, Jesus says, set the captives free. Yeah. Mm. Jesus, mm. it was deliverance was a huge aspect of Jesus's ministry. Let's mm. not even try and pretend about that. And you see that at the beginning of his ministry and at the end, as he's handing over, he says, I was doing this thing. I empowered you guys to this thing. Even when you could not cast out the devil, I showed you the, the proper way to do it. Now I'm going. I expect you to have mastered this and do okay. it. Paul, whenever I even met Jesus, was able to do it. So mm. as a Christian, if you have the right heart posture, you have the faith, you are working in the how can I put it you're work, working in the word the mm-hmm. bible is the best manual that you ever have for deliverance it yep. is your job I'll even say it is your duty yep. to don't even play around with these demons when you meet them yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that's our permission as Christians isn't it yep. so let's it go out and proclaim the good news doesn't matter where you are and it, you don't need an audience you don't need the smoke you don't need the lights you don't need the bands you don't need a microphone. Yep. Claim the good news. Supermarket. Your, yeah, yeah. In your little corner of the world yeah. where you are. Yeah. Interesting ways to preach the gospel. <laughs> you know, yeah. Proclaim the good news so people will know and who you are and whose you are and point yeah. them yeah. to the cross. Um, Amen. And so on that note, happy Easter. Have a very yes. happy Easter, everybody. Um, and we pray that... Um, the gift of salvation that we have freely received, we will freely give to others. Um, but thank you very much, ladies, and we'll see you next week. See you. Uh, Bye, ladies. Bye, Bye, ladies. Bye, ladies. Bye. Have you stopped recording, G?